0: Hello listeners, and welcome to the Montel weekly podcast, bringing you energy matters in an informal setting. My name is Richard Sverson, and today I'm joined by Wayne Bryan, Senior Energy and Commodity Analyst at Alpha Energy, and by Paolo Coggi, President of Consultancy acrosmatics A warm welcome to you both. I thought today what we'd be talking about mainly is the gas market and what's happening, the general dynamics here, and also what the implications are for the wider energy complex the the fuels etc the power market in 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 europe this summer gas prices touched historic lows wayne didn't they um although they've they've sort of recovered a bit since slightly recovered but we've seen a softness again over the past couple of days so what's happening what's going on i think i mentioned to you
1: this before um when we looked at the gas markets a few months ago uh, Mm -hmm. and even the, the conferences that i've presented at for you guys one of my main concerns and big drivers for the market was what's going on globally in the economics Um, and you've seen the last few days i think chinese industrial production was at a 17 year low in terms of growth Mm. you've seen all the bad pmi numbers indicating to a slowdown in manufacturing Mm. uh yesterday you saw the us and the uk yield curves invert Mm -hmm. which can give a sign that we could see a recession Mm. so all these for me Aside from the usual fundamentals, this is something that I've been looking at mm. uh, as a potential, well, I say potential, as a downside driver for gas markets. Mm. And we've seen the last couple of days what that downturn and lower growth outlook for global economics has done to mm. carbon. When I left the office earlier, it was 26, I think 80, so mm. three-week three low. Crude pushed down to around the 58s again when I left the office earlier. Mm. Uh, coal prices, I saw that the revised price for 2019 API, uh, sorry, 2020 has been revised down by UBS. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, they're pointing to the changes uh, globally in terms of uh, outlook. Uh, And for me, so that's had a big impact. But also, as I mentioned to you before as well, we've seen uh, the supply has been Mm -hmm. very robust throughout uh, this summer. Mm -hmm. We have seen some what I'll call commercial. Uh, flow reduction uh, coming from uh, Equinor mm. um, in terms of what's coming through Langla which has had an impact but we've That's seen large in the last few days last, or well, the last month or last two month, we've okay, had a few okay, uh, okay. spanners yeah. in the works Right, yeah. um, which has helped boost the price the spot market but what I've seen again is something I've pointed out before is what's going on with Russia they've been proving that they're not really there for price they're there for market share mm. if you look at the flows that have been coming out of Russia they've been very strong as well as that, look at the ESP, their electronic sales platform. That's been mm-hmm. really active. Uh, and I think they just, uh, they're just they going to keep pumping gas regardless. And I've noted in some instances when we've seen fall downs in Langled, uh, Russia has stepped up and increased volumes. And one of the big things I saw this summer, Nord Stream Maintenance occurred. Mm-hmm. Generally, they wouldn't normally reroute, but they rerouted a lot of gas. Uh, I think it was through Malna. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw unexpected amounts of
0: volumes coming into Europe. So that's having an impact. So, so it's so a combination of the macro and also the yes. you know the supply and demand fundamentals within the gas segment. Do you, would you agree, Paolo? That yeah. the, the the global environment is this definitely really
2: um, precarious. When makes my job easy. I agree with everything, <laughs> everything uh, he said. I will um, t- truly do, and uh, I will add to that 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 what we're seeing is this. Globalization has helped us in terms of gas. Pri- helped, I mean, has, has given us lower gas prices, plenty of supply, even with uh, European demand being sustained. And also it has exposed us a little bit to geopolitics on the, on the flip side, right? Mm. So we are seeing also the, you know, tariff war with China coming through with, you know, with uh, the LNG side. Mm. We're also seeing the sanctions making their way in, if mm. nothing else, in terms of concerns. Mm. So all, all to say, I agree. And geopolitics exposure has increased in, mm. this, in these days.
0: But the element of that geopolitics is also a move towards more protectionism and more, you know, keeping, you know, Breaking down some yeah. of that that free trade that has existed up yes. until now, and
2: and and to to elaborate on a point that that, that Wayne has made is is um, that is the fact that Russians are interested in. F- having their gas flow mm. it is always been the russian story right yes. and they stand by it by and you can see it by observing the flows mm. so these these so you you could look at the european union every year has this sort of winter packages <laughs> mm-hmm. and your know, mm-hmm. concerns will the, with the russian gas mm. flow or not and mm. well i think that over the last 15 years at least, even though we have had those, you know, January crisis with you, the Ukraine back in, back in the day, right? It was mm. almost like a regular event. Mm. Russians have proven that they are in to extract their gas mm. and yeah. flow it to where the market wants it. Mm. Now, the mo- the modern version of, of this story is also, though, they are have focused on LNG yes. and Asia, right? Mm. And uh, if one wanted to be a bit cynical, would one would also add that they are perhaps making the best of climate change, right? Because mm. the Arctic route mm-hmm. in summer is, you know, more open so than it was Correct. than it was in the past.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it makes that LNG more more freely available mm-hmm. as as well as the pipeline. But then, I mean, that, what's interesting? So if there's a full a drop in supply from one one country or one supplier, it seems that like the others coming in and and replacing that. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's quite an interesting dynamic. So Correct. that would indicate that. These low prices could be here to stay for a while, Wayne, or...? Well, I always, whenever people say that, stay for a while, I'm always, not
1: concerned, but slightly, uh, I always like to put a caveat in whatever I say. Mm. And in terms of that respect, Mm. if all things remain equal, Mm. status quo remains, then yes, I can only see some downside, but... I've been working energy long <laughs> enough to know that there's always something around the corner. Yeah. And even though we see this, and this is a word that you might know, actually, smorgasbord. I quite oh, like yeah. this word. Yeah, I've heard it before. Yeah, a couple of Swedish, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even though we see this smorgasbord of, of uh, bearishness mm. in global markets. And when I say smorgasbord, I'm talking about Italy, mm. uh, Argentina, uh, trade wars, mm. Brexit. Look at all these concerns around the world uh, are building up, mm. but again on the on the flip side as well, uh, in terms of there is still some sustained demand. Like you said, we did see a, we've seen more increased gas for power demand, but overall, I think if we see things remain equal, I can only see a bit more downside, especially with what's going on economically. Yeah. I don't see there's not much outlook uh for markets or equities especially to start mm. getting a bit bullish again in in the near term. Mm. Things may change. Trump might put out another tweet today. Yeah he's yeah, quite good at know. that. He, he put out a tweet last week mm. saying that we're gonna halt some of the taxes until december mm. you saw equities rally yeah. oil rallied yeah. carbon rallied yeah. gas and power rallied so again East yeah. still influence so i'm he's still not
0: price driver he,
1: he is so i'm yeah. still not sure about what but at the moment yeah i'm seeing uh, more downside again we're going to we'll see a test over the next few days because oil gas for winter was last traded uh, 48 80 or 90 this morning mm. now if you look back previously that was a sort of level where it bounced from so mm. I'm interested to see where that goes down. My, always, my thought was always that we'll start seeing prices in winter really start to go down once we get into the winter. Okay, but not before. Not kind of. before, but we'll see it down before, but I think we'll really see it when we get into it because we'll we have the usual concerns, but let's not forget where gas storage is. Mm. Last year, we had a, so many problems at once. The coal price was $100. Mm. Uh, oil was around 70 I believe. Mm. We had concerns around storage, which was at a real low. Mm-hmm. LNG, where was it? It wasn't forthcoming. And we still managed to get through the winter. Yeah. yeah. Fast forward 12 months, storages are at 83% uh, apparently mm-hmm. today. Uh, LNG, slowdown has happened, but that's for other reasons. We can mm-hmm. come onto that after. Mm-hmm. And demand is falling. So far, the weather outlook, I looked at some models the other day, seasonal forecast, all the signals are for a, a warmer start. Mm-hmm. September, October, November still look above average. And after that, there's still no real signs mm-hmm of any chance of a beast from the east but again that could occur so
0: for me yeah but then the, the forward prices seem to be that there's a bit disjump between correct between the near cover and, and and the forward prices is that they're quite
1: resilient I, i'm looking at summer 20 especially for for, mm-hmm. for one of my clients and that, mm-hmm. that price is resilient and again uh what you've got to look at we spoke about ukraine there's concerns around that deal which uh, expires mm-hmm. the end of December yeah. so that for me is one of the things built in Potential There's some risk theory. premiums yeah. built in I do believe that will get resolved and what we were talking about earlier alludes mm. to that mm. I think the Russians want to send the gas out and they're going to come to an agreement it's all about the time frame I think of this mm. agreement 6 months, 12 months 1 month To mm. that to me is the problem but Ukraine need the finances and Russia they don't want to cede any market share. So mm. I believe that uh, that will get resolved. And we'll see some of that risk premium come off once we
0: see an agreement. So mm. Yeah, interesting. I mm. mean, what, what does all this mean for, for European utilities? There's a lot of talk of fuel switching. So in addition to low gas prices, we've had carbon almost touching 30 euros. Yeah. It's come off a bit since, as Wayne mentioned. But what, what does that mean for, for, for fuel switching in Europe? Because it's not, it's not possible everywhere, is it?
2: The, the correct answer is it depends, right? <laughs> yeah, as, course, also, but yeah. um, but yeah. I think the story here is is a story of a world that has changed. I don't see right now, I don't think, with the possible exception of of gas prices, we are not in a world of commodity price extremes. Mm. Coal at sixty, oil at seventy, okay, power at you know high forties, power in Germany. Um, So it's not a world of extremes, and yet it's a world that has changed with respect to the last time we saw this switch between gas generation spreads and coal generation spreads in Europe. Mm -hmm. We could go back about 10, 12 years, Mm -hmm. and we were just coming from a period where coal spreads were higher than gas spreads, so advantage Mm -hmm. to to coal uh, generators, and then gas spreads came up. Now, Mm -hmm. this is exactly what has happened now. Mm -hmm. The big difference I see between then and now is that Back then nobody was thinking or mentioning coal phase-out and you know the 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 Threshold for that was Paris 2015 where now it's clear that the world has Maybe it's too generous to say the world but certainly Mm. here in Europe Mm. We have moved towards a situation where we are actively phasing out coal some countries Sooner than others some countries are more dependent on coal than others Mm. and this is definitely having an impact And so in this context carbon prices at 30 now if the question is is that an extreme or not it's a mix a little bit maybe <coughs> sometimes carbon gets a hold of, um, ahead of itself but the reality is that i believe that this 30 price is the new normal for carbon and that if that is true mm-hmm. and that is not going to change then what that means uh, is is not Good times ahead for coal and lignite generators, which mm. are clearly you know much more polluting about you know, twice as more polluting um, as gas generation is
0: absolutely have you i mean we've seen some in some company results that have come out you know in in July and August that that lignite generation has fallen substantially um, yeah. you know, RWE yeah. has said they fallen by almost twenty five percent I think unlast um, said something the other day about. Twenty-five actually. terawatt hours, sorry, yeah, mm-hmm. down twenty-six
1: percent. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uniper said something there as well about increased uh, gas fire generation in comparison to lignite. Yeah. I think. Mm.
2: And so, in that in, in that sense, um, mm. it's tough luck. Yeah. In yeah. other words, mm. lignite um, and coal at this stage are price takers, right? Mm-hmm. In the in, in the merit order curve mm-hmm. in in uh, in Germany, for example, and so. If gas prices go down, and they have gone down, mm-hmm. what that means is that power prices are going to follow and go down as well, and there's nothing that lignite generation can do mm-hmm. to, prov- to, to change that, right? Mm-hmm. Now the, ad- the historic advantage of lignite generation is that its costs are so low mm-hmm. that for the longest time it has been able to, you know, withstand uh, this, this situation and keep some margins positive. Now, mm. with the latest combination of prices and mm. the relativities of, of of prices, this is no has no longer been possible for lignite generators in Germany.
0: Isn't it a key question as well as you alluded to here? is it a short-term dynamic or is it more more? In, this is the way this is the way it's going to be in, in my opinion
2: it, you know just like like Wayne was saying earlier you know n- never say never right but, mm-hmm. the, but the trend is most definitely going in that direction right I do mm-hmm. not see a bright future for lignite generation for mm-hmm. sure in Europe mm-hmm. uh, for coal generation as well Yeah, uh, and then you know Single country specifics or single company specifics can change. You know, somebody, you know, may mm. be able to hold on a little longer through some smart commercial action. But the reality is that these doors have closed.
0: If you're a company, utility or producer generating both gas and lignite, how do you hedge this, 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 this new world or this new normal? I mean, you've already seen some... Companies, you know, with, with a different kind of hedging strategy.
2: Yes. Well, that depends on how strong uh, is your view based on fundamentals and how strong on the other side is your risk appetite, okay. right? Yeah. If you are in a company that has a strong enough risk appetite, right, and and a very strong belief in its own view, mm. then you may want to, to behave in a certain way on the, on the markets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you would do this through your, your hedging. Mm. You would hedge and unhedge mm. uh, accordingly,
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how how do you see this, Wayne? Do you, you know, some of your clients are obviously looking closely at at the way the prices are evolving or how they're developing. They want to sort of lock in the yeah. prices. Have you noticed any change in in, in behaviour there or hedging uh, activity? Some clients, again, especially with the market, has been in
1: backwardation for the most part, the gas markets and the power markets for the past few years. We saw a little switch uh, earlier in the year, but now we're clearly back into backwardation again. So yeah, if the price fits within their budget, people are locking in further along the curve mm. uh, than they used to because there's opportunities mm. and even though we may say well you know if you take this today at say you know 35 pence a therm mm. uh, for say 20, 20 21, mm. we could get closer delivery and it could be you know it could be 25 or 30 however they again there's always the risk it's higher so companies are now more uh, likely now uh, mm. to hedge out further than we used to see due to the opportunity that's been presented Uh, in terms of the backwardation because it's quite a strong visual tool if you look at a chart and see backwardation it's like oh it's like if you said to you can you get your car insurance you know (laughs) three years 30 percent cheaper you'd Mm. think that's a great deal Mm. so Mm. we've seen a lot more a lot more of that and i think we will see more of that moving forward even on the flip side clients or anybody on the spot day ahead etc especially this summer has done very well Mm. i had a few clients on day ahead products throughout this summer Mm. the prices have outturned very well uh, mm. as we come to the end of the month and we see how they're outturned. So, yeah, definitely an increase in uh, more hedging further down the curve because the opportunities presented. Mm. It's like if you look at some of the yield curves in fixed income, etc. It's a
0: yeah. similar kind of thing. You're, you're locking in those low yeah. prices. Yeah. 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 But uh, again, Paul, I mean, how you know we're seeing the switch away from Lignite and Coal. But can these gas plants, can they replace them? I mean, can, you know, can they run 8,000 hours a year? It's um, and the well, question is They then certainly can, mm. but
2: it's country, the answer is country-specific. Mm-hmm. You know, in Germany, mm. you will still need coal and lignite to some extent. You, can't, you just don't have enough gas generation, gas-fired generation, or mm. a combination of gas-fired generation, let's call it more base-load type of generation, plus renewables mm. that would allow you to, to, to completely do away with Mm. Uh, Coal. Uh, Another, you know, just to give an example of another country, France. Mm. Right. Well. Gas not <laughs> not a big not a big factor there, and uh, we've seen you know nuclear um, generation volumes recover a little bit. You know, mm. twenty nineteen is ahead of where twenty eighteen was, mm. and we've known you know sort of the the huge peaky part of the nuclear crisis in France is is behind us. Mm. So so again, country specific mm-hmm. is I, is, the, is the answer.
1: I completely agree with that. Yeah, it's mm. definitely. It's like when I did a presentation for you guys in Spain mm. this year. We're talking about coal again. That's another example of a country specific different energy mix etc and also on the subject of coal light you said I agree with you 100% I said it I've said it a couple of times now mm-hmm. uh, the future of coal is bleak for me mm-hmm. and I've had coal traders and analysts uh, <laughs> <laughs> not enjoying that statement yeah, but yeah. for me it's a, yeah. it's a true statement it I think the future is pretty s- bleak
2: for yeah, coal Yeah and, and if you're an analyst you know mm. uh, you can see the writing on the wall sometimes yes. and so there there is examples from uh, from uh, for example companies that have made certain decisions one one that comes to mind is Sipem mm-hmm. so Sipem is an Italian company that mm. builds infrastructure for essentially oil platforms and Mm -hmm. these types of infrastructures and a few years back they made a choice to actually put their chips on natural gas Mm -hmm. infrastructure development and they just were awarded a huge contract a couple of huge contracts in the last month or so Mm -hmm. one of them having to do with with yamal Mm -hmm. sanctions notwithstanding right they've been they've been rewarded by deciding actually to go for gas
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: So so again the writing is on the wall but, but but sometimes mm. this thing move very slowly right mm. and you mm. have to have the, the staying uh, strength or the patience to wait sometimes you know if you are right mm. but ahead of time of your time mm. you might as well not be right.
0: Yeah. Mm? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> very true. But you also have to be quite nimble, dynamic and be able to make those decisions, you know, yeah. quickly. Other examples in in the gas and oil sector where, you know, these big big oil majors are looking to, 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 to green to green themselves, so mm, to green their portfolio. Correct. How much they can all succeed in that is, a, a, of course, another matter. Mm. What I was going to ask you, uh, Wayne, as well, is you mentioned very robust supply, mainly yeah. from Russia, uh, gas supply. This is and also Norway. Do you expect and America, it, and America, of course, from LNG. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you see this? Do you see I mean, Russia's been pumping at record levels the previous two years. Uh, Norway's been around to 112, 115 BCM. Do you, do you see that piped gas, do you see that continuing in those levels for, for, for 2019, for this year? Definitely. Yeah. Again, I mentioned
1: there's been some uh, commercial flow reductions or interruptions, shall I put it, uh, this year. We've seen a bit more. Uh, evidence of that uh, from Equinor the volumes have seen through Langled but Russia's been pretty constant and, mm. and I've read some of their recent statements I think they had in a conference recently and they were talking about prospects and even for this year they were going to outdo last year in terms of volumes delivered to Europe mm. and how they're continuing on this path mm. uh, of providing Europe the gas it needs and providing the security it needs um, so I think in terms of Russia it will continue Norway yes again uh, they'll continue pumping mm. that gas and again, America might come back into it now because we saw a lot of LNG the first few months of the year, and then when prices dropped to where they were, it became une- uneconomical for them to send them cargoes. Um, but now I saw that uh, is it the Henry Hub's at three-year low? Mm. The summer price was the weakest for 20 years on the mm. spot this year. Mm. So again, we might see more uh, some more LNG cargoes from America because they, you can tell they want to participate, not only for. For financial reasons but also I think for political gains. Mm. If you look at the Nord Stream, I know we're going to talk about the Nord Stream 2 mm. and the potential sanctions on that and they seem quite intent to disrupt that. Also as well you've seen Trump, not only Trump but some of his advisors, they've been to Europe, they've been involved in conferences talking about LNG mm. and how they're going to get more LNG to Europe. So I think in terms of supply we're looking pretty good and also I think you're going to see demand from other places start to fall, especially China. Uh, China are moving massively in the way of renewables. Mm. They've got that pipeline now as well coming from Russia mm. that's going to mm. start up soon. And also they're getting a lot more LNG uh,
0: from Australia. Because there's a uh, lot more trains coming online from Australia yeah. and that part of the world, yeah. isn't there? So that's, yeah. that's adding to this, it's adding. this. I mean, We've been talking about this uh, a potential flood of LNG for years and years. years, but, and years but now it's, it's, it's finally, finally, yeah. finally come yeah. through. Yeah. It's finally yeah. here.
1: We've seen, I've seen a slowdown recently. That's mm. more to do with the low price environment. And also you've seen a bit more enhanced uh, maintenance and maintenance has been brought forward but again the conditions have have uh, laid the foundations for that in terms of what we've seen in China and the Atlantic and Pacific basins last winter both mild, summer's not warm enough to stimulate massive air con demand again it's for me uh, the story it's like the coal market again the storage levels in both basins are full close to fullness in terms of time of year mm. demand isn't there at the moment so we've seen supply ease back a bit mm. but there's new installations uh, Freeport Corpus Christi there's a couple mm. of new installations in mm. America there's some new startups. Mm. Prelude started a floating LNG mm. so I think in terms of supply, next year will be more of the same Mm. for me. Mm. Unless, again, there's some sort of material shift or something happens, Mm. which
0: always can. Mm. (laughs) Yep. You touched upon Nord Stream 2 Mm. and the potential for sanctions. How do you view this, Paolo?
2: It ties up to what I was saying a bit earlier about this uh, exposure to uh, this globalization driving exposure to geopolitics. Mm. I was looking at some numbers recently Mm. in terms. um, I think these are numbers from Oxford Institute of Energy Studies on um, you know who are the three major exporters of LNG. Mm. And if we look at these numbers, Australia comes at number one, Qatar at number two, and US at number three. Mm. However, when you look at what's projected to come online next year, the US. Overtakes both mm. of these countries yes. in, in theory and principle and mm. and becomes number one. Now, what interest does the US have, right? Where where is US fighting its its wars, so to speak, on this geopolitical front? Well, I can pick up two <laughs> adversaries immediately, right? China on one end and Russia on, on the other, right? Mm-hmm. And so and so this drive and this pressure to, to sort of renew or put further sanctions onto Russia, for example, come, come within this within this context, right? Mm. There is there is certain a strong push for that. It's always been like this because the technology to do certain things has always been Western technology. So it's a, it's a weapon that the West has, mm. right? In in this war for for market share in this case, mm. where the West can withhold right and the technology. Making it more difficult for Russia, but on the other hand, now if you see China coming into this play and China needing and being actually one of the largest importers <coughs> in recent years of LNG, then then Russians have been hindered by one one side but helped by the other. Mm. So it's going to be very, very, I think next year will be extremely interesting from this point of view.
0: Absolutely. How do you see it panning out? Uh, when this this potential that the potential sanctions? Well, will Nord stream come online. You know, will that be added? You know.
1: Well, I spoke like- about this in, in Dusseldorf. Yeah. I said. That the time that I believe it will still go ahead and I put put up a slide with several quotes from various people uh, Mm. some in the European Union uh, energy and they were saying it's it's more or less completed in terms of the pipe work, you've got the issue in Denmark obviously but Mm. that'll get resolved Mm. and I think Germany wants this and they need the gas I don't think American sanctions will be able to stop this personally I Mm. think it will still go ahead, Mm. there might be some resistance, we might see it drag on a bit longer than expected, mm. but I fully expect the Nord Stream 2 to be up and running mm. um, very soon. Yeah. I don't see sanctions really uh, stopping it, to be honest.
0: Certainly lots to uh, keep track of, and um, a certain Twitter feed, to which we need to pay very, very close I've been following it for over 12 <laughs> yeah, exactly. months. Exactly, you've got it on your phone, sort of I pinging a notification. It, yeah, yeah exactly. as much
1: as I loathe to follow it, I do for purposes of... Seeing how much uh, he's talking and what markets we will move, and it invariably, has been moving lots of markets
0: with one yep, quick tweet. Absolutely. Well, that's about all from us this week. So, thank you very much to Wayne and Paolo. Um, oh, thank you. you. And uh, make sure, listeners, that you tune into our Nordic Energy Day special next week. And remember to keep up to date with all our stories on Montel News. Follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify.